Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Oh God, the way that we take a look at Advent, sometimes it, it, it slips us and, and we move so quickly to the manger, which is a good thing. But Lord, sometimes we just need to pause and wait and stop and listen. And while the world rushes around us, while we have uh, competing values and competing views that, that tell us which way to go, we just need to stop as your people and listen to you. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, we are in the third week of Advent, and, and, and I'm so excited about this Sunday. You know, we, 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 we have the Advent wreath that, that's starting to fill out. We have three candles that are lit there. We, we, we see more glimpses of, of Christmas starting to appear around us, especially here at the church with a big new Christmas tree out front and then with the, the lighted parade that was yesterday. We, we, we get so excited, but I don't want the excitement to, to mute the message that we are proclaiming. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's so easy to get, to get wrapped up in all the trimmings of Christmas that, that we forget what it is that, that we're supposed to be focusing on. This Sunday... The message is New Year of Priority. And I don't know about you, but, but for me, this year ha, ha, has given me a glimpse uh, of what our priorities should be, or, or, or definitely what my priorities should be. There's a definition for priorities that says this. It says something that is regarded as more important than the other things. We all have them. Each and every one of us has priorities. And, and, and the whole idea of the whole Christian New Year is, is to take a look at those two things that really guard or, or really focus our priorities. That, that's our calendar and, and, our, and our wallets. How, how we take a look at both of those things and, and what we spend our time on and what we spend our money on are those things that hold our priorities. But what do we do when we see that our priorities may be a little out of whack. And, and I'm talking about myself here, too. That I realize that sometimes my priorities are just so off of what they need to be. I, I, I see that sometimes whenever I'm in the office. And, and, and I know that there, there is a project or, or a sermon or a meeting that I have to get ready for. And I know that that is my top priority at the moment. But, but what do I catch myself doing? I, I turn on the computer, 
maybe go through Facebook a couple of times, Twitter, maybe Yahoo News to see what's going on, click on the, the latest gossip and everything. And then I looked down and I realized that the priorities that I had were totally swap, swept away for about 30 minutes to maybe 40 minutes of me just mind-numbingly going through the motions. And my friends, that's what I want us to avoid doing this year, this Advent season, this Chris, Christmas season, is to not mind-numbingly go through the motions because that's the way we've always done it, but to really stop and focus and see the priorities that, that, that Christ has for each and every one of us. Today we're talking about Joseph. And Joseph had priorities. The priorities will be very easy to see as we go into the scriptures, but we can see that the priorities that he had were knocked for a loop when he had a special visitor. So our scripture for this morning that you can follow along on the screen is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Hear the word of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, sorry, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, so here is a 30-plus year movie spoiler alert. If you haven't seen The Princess Bride yet, I'm sorry. I'm going to ruin a little bit of it this morning. There's a scene in the movie where you had these three characters, Inigo Montoya, Ferzik, and Vizzini. They are in a boat, and they, they, they've captured the princess, and, and they are taking her away. And, and as they are, are moving away, they see a light in the distance in the water. And that light starts to come closer and closer. And as that light starts to come closer and closer, they, they, they start to get worried. And Vizzini, he says this certain word. Y'all know what it is? inconceivable. He says it five times. And then after that fifth time, and Nico Montoya looks at him and says these words. You keep using that word. 
I do not think it means what you think it means. We're going to be doing something like that this morning. But the word that we're going to take a look at is the word repentance. It's a word that, that easily gets mixed up in, in our, our Christianese. And when we use the word, I don't think it means what we think it means. Now, there's a part of it that means what we think it means, but, but there, there is a, a broader scope that, that, that I, I saw when I was starting moving through this study that we're working through during the season of Advent called the Christian, Christian New Year. And I think we fail to understand what exactly true repentance is. Now, when we talk about repentance, we know that, that we do something wrong and, and we ask for re- repentance. We, we repent of what we've done and then we, we try not to do that again. But the word repentance in Scripture has, has that part of it, but I think there is a deeper meaning that, that we fail to see when we use that word. The, the, the Greek word for, for repentance that was used in Scripture is metanoia, a, a, and it's translated as a transformative change of heart and lives. Uh, another way that we, we have a tendency to look at that is that we do a complete 180, it means that, that we're going in one direction and we totally turn around and, and we head in the other direction. See, the story of Joseph is a repentant story. And, and you may be wondering, Pastor Chris, he didn't do anything wrong. He said, no, Joseph didn't do anything wrong in the story. When we see at the very beginning, he says that he was very faithful to the law, and and being faithful to the law, he wanted to make sure that Mary was not embarrassed because of of this pregnancy that she had. See, he did not quite understand exactly what was happening with his his fiance, so he was going to to gently and quietly just put her back in her her dad's uh, house and and let her dad take care of him, and he was just going to walk away because that was what was okay by the law at that time. But then we have this metanoia moment for Joseph, where, where, where Joseph comes face to face with an angel, and the, Joseph, and the angel says, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife, because Mary is giving birth to the son of God. And not only just the Son of God, but, but, but God will be with you. And Joseph then heard, and, and he made this metanoia moment, and he turned, and he knew that from that moment on, he was going to be raising God's Son. Isn't that a great story? To, to think about the change that, that Joseph could have done, that, that, that he could have just put Mary aside. But no, he said, because Emmanuel, God with us, will be a part of my family, I will take on that responsibility to help raise the Christ child. So how 
can we look at this in the midst of this, this Advent season? We are called to live in metanoia moments. Now, we are, we are called definitely not to sin. We, we are called not to, to harm our brothers and sisters. We, we are called to love as Christ has loved, but honestly, the full metanoia moment is, is taking a look at how we are living our lives and then turning completely around to follow it is exactly what it is that Christ is calling us to live. There, there, there are two places that, that we see these, these metanoia moments come alive that, that, that Paul writes about. First is in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he writes, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, there, that, that's the metanoia. Not being trapped by what the world is telling us to do. And believe me, the world has a lot of words of what we should be doing. But we should, we should turn away from that, from the patterns of this world, and be transformed by the renewing of our own minds. And then, when we turn, when we see the way that Jesus is calling us to live, we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, so the first moment of, of metanoia is, is that we, we take a look at, at the life that we are living and say, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I want to be about what God is calling me to be. I want to reject what the world says is true and right, which it isn't true and right, but I want to live those things that God has called me to live and how I should love those around me. And it's all about the resurrection. And it's all about the, the, the second coming. When, when Jesus comes back, Paul later in Colossians 3 verses 1 through 2 says that since we have been raised with Christ, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, the coming of the Christ child it isn't just this, this cute little moment where we, we pull out a manger scene. But, but like for Joseph... It is an opportunity for us to, to, to recalibrate the way that we see things. It, it is a chance for us to, to take a look about what is our heart set on and, and then turn that so that our hearts and our minds are set on things above. Of, of what it is that, 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 that Christ calls us to be focused on. I'll be honest, my friends, over the past several months, my heart has been so heavy because I hear all of this noise. I, I hear all of this clamoring. I hear all of this divisiveness. And I hear it being proclaimed in the name of Jesus. And whenever I see 
the divisiveness that is happening that they say is in the name of Jesus, it, it, it breaks my heart because I say that is not what Jesus is calling me to be. That is not who Jesus is calling the church to be. That is not setting our hearts on things above where Christ is. So I proclaim right here and now that my life needs a metanoia moment. That, that, that my heart needs to change. My heart needs to look at, at, at what Christ is calling us to do as a church and fully live into that promise so that when the Christ child is born, our lives are different. Because our lives are different because Emmanuel, God with us, is in our midst. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, nearer than my breath, thank you for these days of Advent and this new year in Christ. I confess that I do not like to wait. Turn the everyday occurrence of waiting on this or that into holy reminders to work out the spiritual muscles of my soul. I need heart-level transformation. Train my spirit to shift from anxiety to anticipation. Come, Holy Spirit, infuse me with the patience of God Almighty, whose timing is always perfect. In the name of Jesus Messiah, the one who came, is here, and is coming again for his glory and our good. Amen. Now, there's a rest of the story to repentance as the praise team comes forward. You know, this thinking about what Joseph did. Sometimes it's easy to take a look at the Bible and then kind of move past, especially since we don't have anything written about Jesus until he was about 12 or 13 years old where he went to the, uh, the, the temple and, 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 left, and his parents left him because he was there. And then we don't really hear anything until he's actually grown up. But can you imagine the difficulty of the repentance that Joseph had? For people to know that, that, that Jesus wasn't really his son. That, that he had to live with the voices talking behind him. He had to deal with maybe Jesus being teased as a, a child growing up. He had to live with the fact that, that his choice, even though it was turning towards what, what God was calling him to do, it made life a little bit harder. And I say that because that happens when we repent. When, when we change our minds, when we change our views on what, what God is calling us to do, sometimes it's going to be a whole lot harder because people are going to ridicule you. People are going to say that you're absolutely wrong. And people will just blast you unmercifully because you are not doing what they think is right. 
but you are following what God is telling you is right. So my hope and my prayer is that as we each have our own metanoia moment, as we, as we turn from the world and we turn towards the manger, where we really turn towards the cross, where we turn towards the empty tomb, we move forward, setting our minds on things above and not on the things of the world around us.